Ladies and gentlemen, this is the About Last Night show. I'm your host, Brad Williams. Joining me is my co-host, Adam Ray. Hey. And uh, we have a very special guest. Yeah, it's a very special day. Very special. And, uh, <laughs> I must say so myself. And even if you don't recognize the name, this man... What do you mean you don't recognize yeah, Brad, what a, fuck, what a well, shitty I'm intro. I'm just saying Let's that you're, 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 you're a monument. Okay. Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, this Wait, is the About Last Brad, Night show. I What's bought, this? I bought my intro. You bought your <laughs> <laughs> you know that's funny. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess the, has there been, was there ever been a time when comics would because you know you have to tell the host your intro when you go up. Do people ever have you seen people give their intros to the host before they go up to really like if it's oh, a lot sure. of credits? Yeah, yeah. This day and age, I feel like people it's just like a couple things or some comics just like I don't oh. care what you say, but <laughs> yeah, no. Some guys are particular, and some guys aren't, and uh, you know it's always funny. If you need an introduction, sure. You know, how good are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Good, good philosophy. Well, how we, famous you are, not yeah. how good you are. Yeah, yeah. We we are talking to the legendary Bud Friedman. Yeah, you oh. have credits worthy of an introduction. And uh, basically, if you've ever been to a comedy club, you owe this man a debt of gratitude. Uh, not just the improvs, uh, which he started, you founded in nineteen. 19- 63. 63. 63. 63 founded good, the, right. the original improvisation 44th Street, in right? New York. 44th Street. On the corner of 9th and... Uh, 9th. Well, there yeah. you go. Hell's Adam Ray does history. There you go. Uh, and why people, why all people owe you such a debt of gratitude is because people don't realize there was a time when there wasn't comedy clubs. We all take Hard them for granted believe. nowadays. Well, that Jay Leno used to say, before me, there was no comedy. You know, wow. so, there really you know, wasn't. Yeah. Well, it was. I mean, I mean, you you heard stories about guys like Lenny Bruce and Richard Pryor having to go up and just open in front of strippers or bands, and may, maybe the Catskills. Like those were the only places where stand up really was. You brought a home. Coincidentally, that's comedy. how Brad and I met uh, doing stand up at a strip club. <laughs> oh, I thought yeah. the Catskills. Yeah, yeah. this guy. Yeah, pretty good. I, uh, yeah, that too. I saw Richard Pryor in the Catskills. He, that, well, he, I wouldn't say he was a regular there, but yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. in the Catskills. Uh, when, when did you see him? Well, I saw Richard for the first time in 1964. Wow. I just opened. What did you, you think know? when you saw him? Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah, from day one, he was, you know, he was on the top of my list. I'm always, Absolutely. I'm always curious because you told me on the uh, shuttle back when we were in, uh, at the Montreal in my, in my private Festival. car. In your private <laughs> car, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so Bud and I meet on the way out from the Montreal Comedy Festival, and uh, and you're very gracious. Contracts stashed under our arms <laughs> like we could not believe, <laughs> yeah. Brad. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to make you jealous <laughs> or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We yeah. got offers up because holding yeah, yeah, deals yeah, yeah. from yeah. NBC, oh, CBS, yeah, yeah. all that. Yeah, jazz. hold this. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, and so we start chatting, and then and then you were like, "What do you want to go with us in our private car to the airport?" And I was like, "Yeah." I would love to. And then the girl goes, oh, I'm sorry, actually, uh, Mr. Friedman, it's actually um, just a, a shuttle that everybody takes. And you're like, oh, cool, what's your name? She's like, Catherine. Like, Catherine, great, I'll uh, got to remind myself to give that name to the festival so they don't uh, have you work here again. And, uh, and she was like, oh, no, you're like, yeah. Start for the but, but you were telling me on the, on the shuttle back that um, guys like Chappelle and Pryor that you saw right off the bat that you just knew there was like something in them. But then you were saying that guys like Sandler, you and Alex, your wife, both were like, yeah, I mean, you oh, knew no, he was no, funny. No, Alex. Alex she thought with one. Adam. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we saw uh, Adam, uh, you know, before he got Saturday Night Live. He was completely mm-hmm. unknown. We were in New York for a couple of days and Alex was a, is a good sport, yeah. and uh, she goes. We go to comic clubs all over the world, sure. and that way I can write off our vacation. <laughs> uh, but we were at uh, I think Catch, and uh, Adam went on, mm-hmm. and when he finished, Alex, my wife, who's not in the business, says or wasn't when she met me, says, um, 
you should go talk to that young man. I said, why? He doesn't have an act. And she says, he's got something. Go talk to him. Wow. And I did. And three weeks later, he moved out to L.A. Wow. Yeah, so, I can't remember. I think I've seen some old tape of him. But he, and he had that. He kind of had some of that little bad still. But it, but it was a lot younger and a lot oh like more. Like he's just yeah. really kind of awkward bar mitzvah boy. But, like, you're right. I mean, those, there was something. Uh, yeah. Now, when you're when, when you're in New York in the early 60s, what makes you have the idea of let's have – I mean, it, was the improvisation even really a comedy club and start off, or was it sort Brad, of a mix of You're looking magicians at a comedy or? genius. A <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, humble uh, one at that, too. Oh, yes. Yeah, so yeah, I started yeah. the club in 1963 in mm-hmm. February as a coffee house with food. We didn't have a localized or anything. Okay. For uh, kids in Broadway shows to come in and sing after they finished – their shows. Okay, so like a like a late night place. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, definitely late night. And um, one night after about a year, mm-hmm. coincidentally, we just got a wine and beer license. This comic came in by the name of Dave Astor, and Dave was a comics comic. No one you would probably know. He's uh, long gone, but uh, he was playing the Blue Angel, which is another place you wouldn't know of. But uh, <laughs> it was the place to work in the sure. east side of New York. And sure. Uh, and, uh, was it he, similar to a Chuck E. Cheese? I'm just trying uh, to find some sort of no, connection no, here. No, no, okay. let me. Uh, it's hard to describe because they don't have places. They don't have many. Okay. It was some a word you probably wouldn't be uh, familiar with. Sophisticated. Right. Oh, sophisticated. Uh, yeah. Sophisticated. Yeah. Here, here, that, uh, let I me Google that. A, I'll I think be right. That's yeah, a band yeah, from yeah, Orange right. County. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Duke Ellington song. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, he got up and performed, and he mm-hmm. enjoyed it. He came back the next night, and a couple of his friends. You know, his peers came yeah. to see him at the Blue Angel. He brought him to the improv. Yeah. And they got up and performed, and that's how I became a comedy genius for the first <laughs> well, time. So, and what did you see in them performing that made you think, well, oh, maybe I, I should get I a business Well, I found out I had a better ear for comedy than I did for singing, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd rather hear a joke being told over and over with nuances, you know, rather than the same fucking song over <laughs> sure. and over and over. You know, everyone will sing as long... Oliver was on Broadway. That was a show. Right. Mm-hmm. And everyone sang, as long as he needs me. You know. Sure. And, you know, in those days, in the early 60s, a Wasn't lot of the guys were right? out. Yeah, yeah. You know, guys getting up singing, as long as he needs me. I didn't know what the hell they were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Right. I digress. Right. Anyway. Right. But, uh, Wait, so, and so uh, there had to have been a handful of comics, because obviously, like, everyone attributes, like, the... Um, you know, a lot of you being instrumental in careers for, you know, Jay Leno and Robert Klein and Rodney Dangerfield and Richard Pryor and Andy Kaufman and Freddie Prinze. Like, were those the guys that maybe you saw that you t- to be your f- almost like your first? Um, well, cr- the, uh, group? the first group was uh, Dave Astor, mm-hmm. Richard Pryor and a guy named Ron Carey. Ron was um, the one of the funniest guys on, you know, I put him there up there with the top three with Pryor. Wow. Uh, he played the, uh, you should find an expression, the short cop in Bonnie Miller <laughs> who wanted to become... I'm so offended right now. <laughs> <laughs> wanted to become a uh, detective. He okay. was in uniform. And uh, he was also in a lot of Mel Brooks movies. And uh, By the way, Dwarf Detective would be a great movie, Brad. <laughs> if we can somehow get that going. Hey, we had, we had, we had Paul Feig on here earlier. We, you, know, you know, we can call him up. Sure. You know, you know, he he's, did the heat, he's, Dwarf, Dwarf Detective. He's, he's got some heat on him. Yeah. <laughs> a little. Sure. Yeah, but you have to wear a dress. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sign me up, but have to. Dwarf de- detective in dress. It's yeah. got an yeah. alliteration. Yeah. You know. it'll work. Uh, yeah, the, Ron uh, Carey was a guy in the movie High Anxiety. Uh, he he grabbed the suitcases from Mel Brooks and he says, "I got it. I got it. I got it. I, I, oh, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. got it. I don't got it." <laughs> <laughs> but he used to do in 1963 and four. He did 
Friday, Saturday night, four shows. Wow. And we didn't have shows in those days. Right. But he sold everything out. He was so fucking funny. Doing Catholic material. He was very uh-huh. Catholic, brought up. And he did all this Catholic material, which was in those days so avant-garde. And I just heard a record of his recently, you know, you know played it. And it wasn't that now. It's sure, nothing. it doesn't hold but up. Then, sure, sure. Wow. Crushed. It was, you know, so cutting edge. It was so terrific. And, but funny. Right. Still funny. Yeah. You, you know, he was a hysterical person. And those are the types of guys that you were really attracted to. Yeah, but to, what yeah. they did was... Um, we had one little microphone, and Dave Ash would sit in the corner, tell a story, and Richard Pryor and and Ron Carey would act them out. Wow! Oh man! Wow. Like story theater, long before story theater came yeah. along. And then um, Robert Klein came along, Rodney Dangerfield came in, uh, a gal named Liz Torres, uh, who was a singing comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when when a guy like Rodney comes in, because he came in. He had started stand-up earlier in life and then sort of took a break. This sold. was his third comeback. He's, yeah, he sold, like, his air conditioners com- for a while no, or something. No, aluminum siding. Let's aluminum siding. Yes, yes, track, yes. You know. All right, I'm trying. I'm trying. Oh, uh, no, I mean, because he was very proud Boy, of so it. far, your dwarf detective work has just been awful. <laughs> has just been terrible. It's the first case has bitch. not been cracked yet. <laughs> but uh, so this is his third try. And is he still going on as, uh, what is it? Rodney. Oh, so, no, so, he came so he's in going as, on at Rodney. Uh, no, that's the story. He He opened at the living room, which was not quite the... A bon soir, but very nice little east side place mm-hmm. where they paid you. Right. Oh, wow. And uh, <laughs> he got a review in the New York Times, Rodney Dangerfield. And I expected some Princetonian guy to come in with a, you know, uh, sucker suit on. Right, sure, sure. Know, a little tie. And, t- right. and this middle-aged drunk fat guy comes <laughs> in, and it's Rodney. And he's drunk, and he goes up and he bombs. <laughs> he comes back the next night sober, and he says, I'll show these punks, and he wiped up the floor. Wow. wow. And he became our, literally a house MC for about two and a half years. Wow. And if you were a celebrity and came in the audience, you better be prepared to get up because Rodney would get you up no on kidding. the stage. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, and, and that's the thing is you were the place that all the like, – like you said, you, you started as a place for the Broadway performance right. to go. But I'm sure you, the place – Built its reputation on just like people just show up. Well, so once yeah, celebrities start hours. coming to comedy, oh, but we also had you know besides the comedians would show mm-hmm. up. You know, I remember Bill Cosby coming in the audience and Rodney making him get up. He didn't want to get up, but he got up. But uh, we had uh, Judy Garland and Liza Minnelli singing together with Peter Allen playing the piano. What? Wow. We had one night, we had Dud. Now, you may not know all these people. I'm not being. I saw Justin Bieber at the Laugh Factory two weeks ago. <laughs> that's the story I have. That's, I mean, Jesus, that's weird. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. It's Judy not Garland? Ju- uh, Judy Garland and Liza and singing I at the same time. I sang with Judy. What? You sang with Judy Garland? Her. her her piano player. All, all, our, ga- all our gay fans just got yeah, erections right yeah. now. They're like, what? Her, 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 her last piano player was a former piano player of mine, and he used to bring her in mm-hmm. you know, just you know, just before she died. And uh, one night, there was no, a few people were there, and a friend of mine, Jack Knight, who is an actor and a singer and a bon vivant and a carpenter, he helped build both clubs, mm. and he... Uh, he did a series of Dom DeLuise out here when I came out to help me find the improv. But anyway, so Jack is this big stock. He's 6'1", 190 pounds. And, uh, and we had this terrazzo floor in front of the little stage. And Judy's on the stage singing. John Myers is playing the piano. Mm-hmm. And she's singing on the boardwalk in Atlantic City. And I'm on a chair. And Jack is pushing me like it's the thing on the, on the boardwalk in Atlantic yeah. City. Oh, right. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're all singing together. <sighs> And then other songs we sang together. And then there's two couples in the room, maybe 10 people all together. There's two couples. 
They were gypsies, real gypsies, not like the ones on Broadway. Right. <laughs> and a woman says, calls me and she says, I want to sing next. And okay. I said, well, I'm sorry, but Miss Garland is singing. And yeah. I'm not going to replace her with you. She, she says, well, she knows she's the been up man, there. So I don't care who she is. I want to sing. But she, I said, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'll pay you a check. And yeah, get yeah, out yeah, yeah, yeah first. I couldn't believe. She didn't know who Judy Garland was. And I was like, yeah. Wow. And, you know. So she picked my wallet and left. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, she, Judy is. That, that uh, may be the first gypsy joke in the history of the About Last Night yeah, podcast. Yeah, great. And it was a good one. Yeah. And I hope it won't be the last. Yeah. I hope not um, either. How was it? What, what was that? That was post Wizard of Oz, yeah? That she was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, she, was, yeah. she was a child. Yeah. Uh, this is a year before she died. Jeez. Then we had a night with Christopher Plummer and Dudley Moore playing the piano. Albert Finney, Academy Award winner, playing yep. yeah. bongos on a chair. Jesus. British actor. <laughs> Tuesday Wells. Tuesday Wells, Tuesday Wells no. look her up. Okay. Mm-hmm. The gorgeous, gorgeous young lady who was going out with Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously and she was stretched out on the piano. Oh, by the way, the piano was a 66-key keyboard, sta- upright. Wow. So it was a short thing, and she was stretched out, looking gorgeous. Yeah, of course. And Jason Robards was singing. Yep. Wow. And in the corner was a guy with a guitar. Now, we're snobs. We're Broadway snobs. Sure. In the corner was this guy playing the guitar, and he wants to join in. And he and we didn't have a liquor license, nothing, wine, nothing. He sent his friend home three different times to get bottles of champagne for us, good champagne to drink. And finally, we let him sing along. Yeah. And because he was a rock and roll composer, that's all we knew. Right. Well, his name was Mort Schumann. Mort Schumann wrote, I don't know, ten Presley hits. Did he really? Oh, wow. And he also wrote. Uh, Jacques Brel is alive and well. I don't know. Jesus. You know yeah, 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 yeah. And all I did was uh, musicals in high school and uh, oh, college. Yeah. Okay. So it was, you know, some some nights. That's incredible. And there were nights we were there till sun up, singing, uh, doing comedy, and, and I, I keep hearing those. You know, sto- you know now at the uh, you know the Hollywood Improv where it's you know our, all our homes here in L.A. and like you know uh, Eddie the you know the, the bartender oh, yeah. he I mean he'll tell me stories every now and then of just these of just how. It was, and it's yeah. just like, you know, I guess there's a, it's somewhat comparable now, but, I mean, it doesn't sound like it's even oh, close. Okay. I mean, even here, out here, can mm-hmm. you can imagine walking into your bar when I Sloane ran the club? Sure. And there's um, uh, Jessica Lang and um, what's her boyfriend's name? Warren Beatty? No, no. no. The, uh, the <laughs> Sam Shepard. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Drinking in the corner of the bar. Jesus. Nobody's bothering no, him. Just hanging out. <laughs> just drinking in the corner of the bar. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and it's kind of like what you said. Now our stories are, well, we did stand up at the Laugh Factory and uh, Beaver was there, yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> really? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that, that's like, but you've literally, you, you, you've literally seen every comic. Is, is there... Is, is there something? Well, who knows? You, Maybe people remember uh, J- Justin Bieber. In two years. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Have a good show. Sure, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Is, yeah. Is, is there something that you look for in a comic? Is there is, is there something that stands out to you? Like when you're uh, when you're ju- when you're judging talent, is, is is there something that you've seen that all the greats have had some sort of common thread at all? Uh, I, I think I guess the common thread would be originality. Mm-hmm. Uh, you like to see a new voice breaking through. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I judge my first judgment, not my first judgment, one of my major judgments is the audience reaction. Sure. How they respond to the If they like what's happening. Yeah, because uh, although, you know, one of my discoveries and one of my favorites all time was Andy Kaufman. Yeah. And the audience oh, hated too. him. Yeah. yeah. You, know, so. yeah you, you must have loved that. So you would oh, watch yeah, him just huh? bomb. Oh, and, and I understand. And when he used to wrestle women on stage. <laughs> he really did that. Like, oh, like yeah. on a Wednesday night. 
any knives. <laughs> and he would, and I'd have to watch the body language of, of men in the audience because I could became an expert because I could tell yeah. when they want to get up and hit them. Yeah. And oh, I'd wow. And they would, right? Them on the show. No, I'd no. stop okay. and say, hey, it's, yeah. it's a routine. It's a joke. It's, an act. it's his girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> I, heard, I heard a story. I, I heard a rumor, and I, I want to know if this is true from you, that when you first met Andy, he talked to you not as Andy oh, Kaufman, absolutely. but he was doing his Latka voice from, he, ta- he, from, from Taxi. for uh, for the shit out of me. <laughs> So, Absolutely. I mean, and that's so mind-boggling to me because yeah. every, every time I meet a, a, a club owner or s- someone who could definitely further my career, get me gigs, I'm on my best behavior. It's yes, sir, <laughs> no, sir, and yeah. all that. And then uh, and then you meet Andy and you just like, hello, Mr. Fleetman. Exactly. I'm here to do for you the show. And then it, just the <laughs> balls to do that. Yeah. That's, uh, that's exactly what he did. Ah, and would, then, he, would, you, would he get booked at, uh, I mean, could he do after a while? People would catch on to what he was doing no, as an actor. No, it took him. You know, he'd always have a new twist. Right. You know, I when I opened out here, <clears throat> the comedy store had. Yeah. When did you move out from New York and decide well, to take this? I opened here. I moved out. I opened in '75 here. Oh, the comedy okay. store had been open two years. We had already been open for a dozen years in New York, but Mitzi still thinks I stole her idea. But that's another story. <laughs> yeah, <sure>. uh, <laughs> Mitzi Shore owned that's, that's our comedy too. store. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. all my guys. We're out here, uh, Jimmy Walker, uh, Freddie Prince, uh, and um, and uh, Andy, not, yeah. a- not Andy, um, Jimmy, Freddie, Richard Pryor, and somebody else. Jay, uh, Richard uh, Lewis. Oh, Jay Leno. Jay, Jay Leno. Leno, right. Yeah, because uh, you used to manage Leno, Yeah, I right? used to manage Leno. Yeah. So they were all out here. So And I, I appreciate everything you did for me, by, yeah, by the way. I appreciate <laughs> everything. Yeah, yeah. And they would all come. Yeah, I knew they'd all come to the club. Yeah. Right. But... Um, I wanted somebody new that yeah. they hadn't seen out here. Mm-hmm. So I brought out Andy for a month. And, and what, what were the crowd? Re- yeah, what were the crowd reactions with him? Oh, they were great. You know, they built the crowd built up over over the time, be- the month because it's an acquired you know, taste, right? And then he moved out here as mm-hmm. a result. And then I brought out Elaine Boozler. Yeah. The next month. Yeah. And by then we were on our way. So. Did you think uh, Jim Carrey did a great job uh, portraying Andy? Um, oh, he was wonderful. I thought I, that was one of my favorite. He made movies. me cry. Yeah, you know, I was in it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Playing myself. Oh yeah, oh, sure. Uh, was, was that, that, you know, stretch the acting muscles yeah, a little bit. Right. Play. Yeah, what, yeah, exactly. what was that? I mean, what was that like? Because obviously you, you were instrumental in, in Andy's career and became friends with him. I'm yeah. sure. So like, not then to be in that movie and. I mean, was it pretty surreal it was, to have oh, it? Oh, it was, you know. And see Jim uh, take it on uh, and make and it so believable. And he would be so in full character comp- all the time. Awesome. And when I came in for makeup one day, I said, have you seen Jim Carrey yet? And the makeup girl says, lady says, no, but I saw Andy Kaufman. Yeah. <laughs> wow. No. And he made me cry once. We did a scene together and he just... Because he was just so just spot so on. on right? it's, yeah. yeah, it's like you were. It's like you were looking yeah. right back at him. How, how did you? Uh, did Jim came into the club a lot. Yeah, did you get to see we him? Got, early on? We uh, we got Jim started uh, when we did evening at the Improv. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, were a Canadian content show, which meant that uh, we had to use uh, X amount of Canadians on the show right. in mm-hmm. order to get this tax status. It was something. Uh, my television associate came up with brilliant. And uh, so we had to use everybody named Lawn. Mm. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Um, as hosts, we had a, a, a Canadian producer, Canadian director. And we, you know, there weren't too many. There was only the yuck, one Yuck Yucks up there at the time. We didn't know how lucky we were. And um, that's because I don't like the guy long. <laughs> oh. Sorry, oh, that's that fine. Yeah, no, no. Minor feud. Little prick that he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, 
Look, the first time I didn't mention taught. his name is Breslin. Yeah, yeah perfect. Breslin. Yeah. So Breslin. anyway, yeah. I don't think we've done so, yet, right? So uh, we had um, we brought in Jim Carrey, Howie Mandel, Mike McDonald, and about fifteen other guys, mm-hmm. whom we taped and then threw paid them and then threw away the tape. Yeah. Wow. But we used Howie and Jim and yeah. Mike and maybe one or two others, you know, for one or two spots. But there weren't that many good Canadian comics at sure. the time. Now, even though you say you didn't use the tape, you just did it for the tax break, did you Did you still see those guys and see something in them? That no. No? You said no. Nah. No, no. Even yeah, right. Jim early the on, or there was no... No, Jim yeah. we used. I'm saying Jim oh, we Jim. used oh, okay. over and Howie, but Jim was doing impressions. Of right. Mm-hmm. Doing nothing but impressions. Were there, were there... He was one of a few impression comics, or were a lot of people doing it at, when he was well, doing Well, there, it? I think I would have to guess there's more impressions then than now. now that yeah, think of it, sure. But, yeah, uh, you had your guys like your... Uh, Rich Littles, who's been doing it forever, yeah. and it, it's sort of. A, Did you know David Fry? Uh, I never, I never knew David Fry. No. I mean, you know the name. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know the name. Yes. Yeah, you wouldn't know him. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I would like to think that Jim Carrey's another one of those guys that you see, and you're just immediately like, all right, well, the way he's, um, you know, contorting his body and 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 you know, tur- turning himself, transforming himself. Into that's always the one thing that impressed me about him when I would see him on a Living Color, and why I feel like he's influenced me more than most Saturday Night Live people is that like he, not only is he literally becomes the part, you just don't see him being like oh yeah he's doing an impression of whatever it's like he yeah. does something in his body to or his face to really just um well know. what he did with Andy was yes uh, yeah. mind real yeah. uh, now when you now when you were managing Jay Leno <clears throat> Jay when when you hear stories about him it's always just just utter workaholic, uh, just total dedication to the craft. Could could you see that from a young age in him? Like, yeah, th- 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 this guy's destined for greatness. <laughs> I smile when you say that yeah. because the story, how the second coming of my genius okay. was one night <laughs> the name of this on podcast, 44th Street and 9th Avenue. Mm-hmm. Now, you've been to New York, I'm sure. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes up to me one night and he says, Mr. Freeman, he says, I've been driving down three nights in a row. <laughs> From Everybody, Boston. Everybody's got a J. Yeah. And not getting on. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Well, how, well, how do I get on? I said, well, 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 you've been driving down from Boston, not getting on and driving home again that night? Yeah, three nights in a row. That's I said, ridiculous. you're on next. Whoa. Wow. I mean, you're looking at a guy, and this is true. The first time Alex and I, my wife and I, went mm-hmm. to Palm Springs 32, 33 years ago, we spent the night in Riverside to break up the trip. Sure. That's how much I like to drive. Do yeah. you realize what the, oh, how funny that is? Uh, yeah, because yeah. Riverside's not close. It's quite out of well, the way. Well, Riverside is, no. It's, 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 no. Like, it's like an hour away or something, Yeah, right? an hour yeah. away, and, and another hour would be Tom oh, Springs. Okay. So a no two-hour trip, I had to break it up. Wow. Okay. That's how I like to Okay. <laughs> um, I won't be here all week. Uh, <laughs> wow. uh, anyway, so yeah. Jay went on, and, you know, he's brilliant. And then he just said, wow. But, but, but what? I mean, and that's so would, great that you were able to do that and that you saw that and that you just saw the dedication that a, a, a young guy would have because so many times now you see club owners and it's just, uh, well, how many people did you bring? Uh, what do you got? What have I seen you on? Uh, it, it seems like back when you were doing this, you really saw the need to nurture comics and say, yeah, let's let's let you develop your act. Yeah, well, everybody I, needs a boost, right? I mean, well, J- Jay, course. if he hadn't, I mean, who knows if you hadn't have done that for him, because I'm sure... Uh, sh- Jay would have been a comic. Yeah, okay. I mean, I used to take credit for everyone's career, yeah. mm-hmm. and then I realized they would have made it without me, not as fast. Sure. But they would have been, except maybe for Jimmy Walker. But that's another story, Danny Ray Placid. But <laughs> <No>. anyway... Um, <laughs> I did a pilot with that guy. You did? Yeah. Recently? About three years ago with him, Natasha Leggero, and Eddie Pepitone about three, four years ago. Oh. Never saw the light of day, but... Really? He uh, came in for one day, 
Mm-hmm. Didn't know many of his lines. <laughs> Im- ended up improvising most of them, so that was tough and to follow. And he's a great improviser. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I wish you guys at home could see the dramatic eye roll. That <laughs> just hold. I yeah. just knocked my microphone out <laughs> yeah. of my... Wait, but, but with Jay, I mean, and then, you know, to take over for uh, uh, Carson, I mean, like, again, is that something you, from the get-go when you saw him and, and you gave him that chance, you're like, oh, good, I'm glad I was able to get him Adam, going. Adam, I, I, you can't I see, never, you can't ever, ever thought that stand-up comics would become as important as they are today. You know, I cannot. Right. Not my wildest dreams. Yeah, because you yeah. see, I mean, you, you see there's a lot of people who get their news today from stand-up comics, right, whether yeah. it be Bill Maher, John yeah. Stewart, yeah. or even or even watching The Tonight Show yeah, and, exactly. and, and getting Jay's say yeah, on the day. exactly. It is, I mean... Oh, I used to watch, I mean, when I would watch Geraldo and listen to him just pull up things from the news, I was like, oh, oh like that's how not, I'd get informed. Not, uh, Greg Geraldo. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Geraldo Rivera. Geraldo Rivera, right. Yeah. Well, also a great comic. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. He's just not yeah. trying to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and did you also manage Bette Midler? I managed Bette Midler, yes. So we we owe any, so anyone who's a fan of the show girl owes that to you. Right. Uh, wow. So and then uh, you you would put on Bette like in the uh, in the original days of the improv, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, to do stand up? Well, she no, she came in to sing. Mm-hmm. But hanging around the improv, she figured she better do some funny lines in yeah. between. So she started to do funny lines in between. And developed some uh, some timing. Yeah, and, and timing. Uh, and, yeah, audience. Yeah. And my yeah. mom just saw her one-woman show in New York uh, oh, yeah, uh, about f- three months ago. Yeah. Just was, yeah. you know, Alex, so and I, Alex and I flew in for the opening. Did you really? And her manager says, we have to put you in the bal- in the mezzanine because she doesn't want to see anybody she knows in the fucking... <laughs> I said, we flew in yeah, yeah. from L.A. to see her. You can put us... And, 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 and like Bette Midler, the consummate professional that she is, would ever be in the middle of an act, be scanning the audience, yeah, see, right. see, see your face yeah. and go, oh, bud. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> but now here's my question. Would you rather see people she uh, uh, knows or like what if Brad was just like standing on a seat <laughs> mid-thing? If you see a dwarf midway through your show, what throws you off more? People you know know or that well i don't know we'll have to ask him when yeah, we see yeah, him. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh no it was she okay so so you were using the club uh so bet used to bet came in the first time she was in fiddler uh she had a small role mm-hmm. and uh, a woman who was in the show a character lady that i knew brought her in and bet sang what we now laughingly flirt refer to as two dirges you know the um in the port of Amsterdam, as a matter right. of fact, in the port of Amsterdam, and I said thanks very much, and no, thank you. And, yeah. <laughs> and then six months later, I went to see an ex waitress of mine, who coincidentally was understudying Bet in Fiddler, oh, wow. uh, perform at a place called the African Room, All east right. of Broadway on Forty Fifth Street, I think it was, or Forty Third. And I went to see this gal Roz sing, and uh, Bet came on first. Mm-hmm. And saying "Am I blue?" and just blew me away. And just I said, "You got to come back." Up. Wow! <laughs> yeah. You said, "You said what asshole fired you from the <laughs> improv?" <laughs> oh yeah, that guy. Now, when you would tell people like Bet and Rodney and Jay to keep coming back, I mean, were there? There must have been something also about you and the room that they loved because oh, the room was because there's places I've been to that maybe you know some you know shithole and they're like, "Please come back anytime." But you can tell it's because they're like, "We need more people that are working to, to get right. this place going." But there must they must have. It was, what was it about your room that was... Uh, it was just the hippest room in the world. Yeah. Rodney said, if you do well here, it means you ain't got no act. And I had no idea what that meant. 
<laughs> until a few years later, I was managing a comedian. I didn't. They were they weren't all Bet and Jays. By the name <laughs> of Marvin Braverman, and okay. Marvin got Marvin. Marvin was seen at the club by Anne Margaret and her husband, and got a gig opening for Anne her at husband, the Hilton Mel International. Brooks. No, and oh, Anne Bancroft, Anne Margaret. <laughs> wow. wow. All right, boy, you're about. Two million miles away. Anyway, <laughs> that's uh, that, that's both uh, Adam Ray and I. USC yeah. education yeah. right yeah. there <laughs> in the works. And he goes, he goes to Vegas, and uh, here's a man who never cursed on stage. Mm-hmm. And the first two shows I stayed for in Vegas, he did okay, but he sweated a lot. Right. Alan Carr was a very, very effeminate man who managed Anne Margaret. And he and I made a deal because Marvin owed everybody money, including me, <laughs> that out of the fifteen hundred, which was a considerable amount of money, sure, days, yeah, absolutely, give Marvin three hundred cash, send the rest to me, and when Marvin gets back, we'll settle up. And Marvin, I said, you'll have a lot of little nest egg when you come back, and you'll have paid off everybody. Marvin says, great. So I leave. I get a call two days later from Alan. He's in tears. Oh, but I can't stand. It. I said, but he's calling me two in the morning, three in the morning. He's playing. Um, uh, what's that thing that uh, James Uno. Bond plays? Oh, oh uh, Baccarat. He's playing Baccarat, oh. <laughs> and Lu- and he wants money all the time. And I said, he's playing Baccarat. I don't fucking play Baccarat. <laughs> and he and he, I, he, Alan says, I can't take it anymore. You know, I said, give him the money and forget about it. Oh, you know, that, but the point was, I'm sorry, I digress. I don't know. These are all great he, stories. Yeah. He split his pants on stage in a tuxedo. <laughs> He started cursing the next dinner show when the Hilton buyer was in the buyer was there with his family. Perfect time mm-hmm. to start cursing because he couldn't handle the crowds. Right. He it, it, this was Vegas then, a lot different from now. It yeah. Was not as homogenized. It was not. Shall you dare use the word sophisticated again? <laughs> yes. Um, you know, so he couldn't handle it, wow. and that's what Rodney meant because this room was so hip, forty mm-hmm. fourth and ninth. That, you know, it was all showbiz people, practically. So he started cursing as a defense mechanism yeah, or, exactly. or to kind of fit in? Did he no, of, no, no. Oh, he just he didn't know what to days, do. Okay, no. yeah. Wow. <laughs> he just got flustered. I guess that's what, you know, and that, I, I think that's actually partially why, um, what happened to Michael Richards, don't you think? Like, what, that whole thing? I mean, he just. That's such bullshit. Are, yeah. they, are they not saying motherfucker there anymore? No, I think, what, did, what did, they t- did they take that word out of there? Yeah, that was the whole thing with Richard. And Jamie said, no more motherfuckers here. No, we're not going to say that anymore. Really? Well, no, no, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure I said yeah, it I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure you've heard a few, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're full of shit, too. You know, so. I'm always, <laughs> did you know Michael? Huh? Do you know Michael? Very yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he seems like, uh, in, like I've seen him on the, uh, Jerry Seinfeld's web series. And yeah. it seems like when he's in having conversations, he, he seems like a nice guy. He no, just, he's a wonderful guy. And, and, what, and a lot of people jumped on him for that. And what people don't realize is before this advent of Twitter and YouTube and instant information, oh, yeah. that kind of stuff would happen all the time at, com- at, at, at comedy clubs. You'd bomb. you maybe freak out. you have a bad moment that you don't want every, everyone yeah, to see. Right. Yeah. But then the next day, you went up and tried it again. And I'm no one, sure we and don't no have to tell, talk to you about that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh sure, the world famous lap dance. I've, uh, I've, uh, I've uh, kicked a couple broads in the head. I'm not gonna lie. You know, you do no, that cartwheel. That's, that's true. You know, it's just uh, you know, was, uh, he took a big hit for no really re- good reason. He thought he was being funny. Yeah, and uh, I have so much respect for anyone that runs a comedy club just because they have to deal with they have to deal with comedians, and we're <laughs> like, and we're not exactly always the most agreeable people on the planet. You know, we're we're doing a job that's by ourselves 
So when we have a, when when we have a boss, then it, you know there's there's definitely some pushback sometimes. I mean, how do, like how do you deal with a, with a comic that's just freaking out? Yeah, or, like a manager almost of managing all these egos and personalities. Yeah, well, you know, listen, it's uh, what I do now. What I say now is I'm not going to book so. You know, I'm, the only thing I'm booking now is Vegas and Tahoe and yeah. uh, which thank you by the way. Springs. You're welcome. Yeah, that's oh, that's one of those seeing people. He saw me in the crowd at the Improv one night, and he mm-hmm. told Dave, he goes, "Hey, you can book him in Tahoe." And, you know, yeah, granted, yeah. I, I, like I said, that sometimes you just base off the audience reaction and not what's being said. And that night, I didn't do any material. I just shimmied for 15 minutes. <laughs> and Bud was like, that guy's got some great moves. Book him in Tahoe. That just shows you. Tits yeah. can get you work, yeah. Adam Ray. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. But, I mean, you, yeah. you, you've, had to have, you've had to have had moments uh, hey, I, w- with sorry, the club right. when, when comics would just get upset with you, threaten you, anything like that? Not understanding the business side. A lot of sure. comics just don't have that. Yeah, uh, just say, you know, I say now, you know, I've been doing it 50 years. I mm-hmm. say it's just not worth the effort. I'm yeah. not going to, you know, bother with this person again. That's all. You know, there are plenty more out there. So yeah. uh, I've, you know, I've had arguments with comics over the years that I wanted to save. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, worked it out. Was Larry David one of them? No, never had a problem with that. Never, right? <laughs> you told me some unbelievable, because he may be one of my favorite just oh. comedic minds on the planet and uh, curb my favorite show, obviously Seinfeld. But you're saying that, uh, and this is so interesting, how uh, similar to Andy, where he would be. Um, but he didn't do it in. <laughs> right, right. He didn't do it intentionally. But that's to me and, is almost. Andy had a plan. Larry yeah, just went up yeah, there and yeah, went. Yeah, exactly. But you said even like a cough would throw him off and he'd be like, I can't do no, this. Can't like, just so neurotic, yeah? And, you know, we'd stand in the back and Alex and I yeah. and the comics and we'd just laugh our asses off. He was a comics him. comic. Yeah, people uh, wanted. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, because you didn't know how long he was going to be on stage. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the story I hear all the time on Larry is that. One time he walked on stage and uh, to do stand-up, and he looks at the audience, and before they said a word, and before he says a word, he just goes, nope, yeah. and he walks <laughs> off stage. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Alex and I were in New York, um, God, 1994, I guess. When yeah. did uh, Seinfeld go on the air? Uh, I think 93? Well, it was just, yeah, before, about, uh, just yeah. before Seinfeld went on the air, or before the pilot. Sure. And Larry had been out here, and Alex met him out here and all. And we're walking down Madison Avenue. Here, Alex, Bud, Alex, and it's Larry. And he jumps out of a cab. He's got a big smile on his face. He says, "I'm so happy to be back here in New York. You have no idea how happy I am to be back here in New York. I couldn't stand it out there in Los Angeles. I hate Los wow. Angeles. Mm-hmm. I have to go out to do a pilot, but I'll be done with that, and I'm coming right back to New York. Wow! <laughs> Turns out <laughs> the pilot was Seinfeld. Ten years later, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Get your real estate here, Larry. You're gonna have some fun. Now, did you see him and Seinfeld start to kind of develop that friendship at the? Uh, I'm sure that was happening. No, that was Improv, after right? I left town, actually. Okay. And then carried over here, but it started in New York. Um, ironically, I just finished reading a book by a comic named John DeBellis called. Um, Stand-up guys, Amazon, mm. and it covers his John's period of being a comic there, and he went on to write for Saturday Night Live, among other things, uh, in 74, 75, into the end of the 80s, which is exactly the period I missed that was so fertile. Oh, shit. Yeah, so that, that was I a comedy read, boom right I there. I knew all of these comics, mm-hmm. but I didn't know any of these stories, right. and it's a wonderful book. You should get oh, it. That's great. So it's got, so it's got some of that beginning that seeing the friendship and things yeah. like that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he tells a story about Jerry getting naked and sitting at a bar stool in the bar. <laughs> what? Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> what? getting naked and walking in the street. 
Well, Jerry sure, Seinfeld, the guy, sure the guy that won't curse on stage. Are you sure not talking right. about Tracy Morgan? <laughs> it seems like a, yeah, that sounds that sounds more along his lines. Yeah. I mean, and in and in terms of dealing with comics, I mean, uh, I know you were uh, very prevalent in uh, Richard Lewis's career yes, uh, as yeah. well. And Richard's one of these guys, you know, talk about neurotic. Uh, he doesn't go on stage until they call his name. He's not he, he he's not he's not in the club. He, he's just sitting in a car, just waiting, and they go, <laughs> "Hey, uh, the the." Features closing, and he doesn't even enter the club until the guy goes. And now, wow. Richard Lewis. Is that true? Well, not when I knew him. Yeah, <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be hanging around the back trying to get on. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the first time he went on, it was audition. We did auditions early in the evening, and then we do the regular show. And he went on and killed. Yeah, very good. I said, "Well, stick around, get up with John later." So he tells me later that, uh, and then he doesn't do that well later. Because his 30 friends who were in the audience during the audition didn't stick around. Oh. <laughs> One of those situations. <laughs> oh, God. That, there, there, there's so many times when that happens in terms of uh, they, they have, like, comedy contests and open mic night. Yeah. And you see some open micer just crushing. You're like, wow, I can't say he's not funny because the audience is loving right, him every yeah. line. <laughs> then, 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 you know, you give him a gig as a, a host or a guest spot, and then you see him bomb, and you go, oh, that's why. Right. <laughs> well, there, there are so many stories of the auditions, and... Uh, one we just talked about, um, we're doing, uh, we just finished taping interviews. We're doing um, an hour special for Epics and then going on Comedy that's Central right. after that. 50th and anniversary of 50th the 50th anniversary. Yeah, that's, and, uh, I, that's why I have the list here. Uh, okay. We have Seinfeld, Jimmy Fallon, Keenan Wayans, Larry David, Louis Black, Richard Lewis, Russell Brand, the Wayans brothers, Bill Maher, Jay Leno, Judd Apatow, <laughs> Kathy Griffin. <laughs> And Ray Romano, and Ray tells a story about yeah, you know, know about being married. You know, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. came to, to the club with his sister to uh, an audition night, and uh, he puts his name in the hat, and she puts another name in the hat, a non-sexual name, <laughs> you know, like uh, Lynn Seeger or something sure. like that. And Lynn Seeger gets picked. So he goes up as Lynn Seeger. That's awesome. And he says, <laughs> I became Lynn Seeger for three months. I was Lynn Seeger until I got really established and could tell yeah. him I'm really Ray Romano. Wow. <laughs> what a great but we, they, they, they did a taping. They had Fallon on the stage talking. And he tells a story how he had to follow. Every time he had to follow Seinfeld on in Melrose Avenue. Oh, jeez. How hot it was. Right. And Seinfeld. Jerry walks in. <laughs> oh, while wow. he's giving this recount? Yeah, and they start going at each other, and, and Jerry says, and now, Jerry <laughs> says, I'm trying to get on your show. <laughs> and I says, uh, I mean, Fallon says, oh, you're not. He says, yes, I am. Yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah. And he went on about two weeks later. Wow. Know. Well, yeah, because Jerry Seinfeld says, I'm trying to get on I your know, show. You I don't know, sell. Right. No. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I, I can only hope and pray that they were doing dueling Jerry Seinfelds at the time, because I know Fallon <laughs> does an incredible oh, Seinfeld did, impression. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would like to have you on my show. Well, I would like to come on your show. Yeah. All I'm trying to do is get on shows. <laughs> is it now? Uh, that's, also, an, that's an incredible list, by the way. Yeah, we also have a great um, uh, interview together with Larry David and Richard Lewis. Oh, great. Uh, oh, just, like, the, these are guys that founded everything that I've grown up loving about stand-up comedy and admiring about stand-up comedy. Guys that you, like, uh, there's, there, there's something. Um, Adam Carolla once paid this compliment to Dennis Miller where he says, there's some guys that, that inspire you to do comedy. Dennis Miller made me think that I couldn't do comedy because no way could I ever be that good. Yeah. And that list is just full of those people. It, it's, it, it, it's amazing. And they all. It, and the crazy part about comedy is that 
no matter how good you are, no matter how legendary you are in the business, you all have to come from the same place, open mics, building an act, going through the same struggles. And even when you are a Jerry Seinfeld who's the top of this business, you still got to go up at Gotham Comedy Club or whatever club you, or well, improv comedian, or whatever the club. documentary comedian. I mean, yeah, that, that was a uh, to me that was one of the great. You saw that, I'm sure. Yeah? I'm comedian, oh, Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah, to me that was eye opening because it finally gave uh, us a chance. <laughs> I was like three years in to see somebody at that level. You, it's so funny how you can just uh, uh, forget that they have to go through the same process and journey, and you're like. Oh, he didn't just always be great. You're like you right. see him g- going back in the clubs and not doing well was the thing that I think gave me some comfort because I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I thought like they any all- other comedian, yeah, yeah, like yeah, to yeah. See other guys fail. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but at least yeah. it just. But yeah. I mean, well, we're, we're, we're such sure. sick fuckers. I know. Tell me about. But I mean, it, but know. but somebody that like you were, you didn't know that he didn't have that he had those moments is what I'm trying to say. Like one, in, in that one one of the sweetest experiences for me back in New York, particularly was seeing the guys get ready for the Tonight Show or the Ed Sullivan Show when the Tonight mm-hmm. Show was in New York. They would come showcase at the club and all the time. Not show, the, yeah, or practice like breaking the material yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. And you see the development, particularly with somebody like Rodney. Right. Would take a, you know, 10 minutes and, and hone it down to five. It was just ma- magic. And, yeah, and, magic. You, and you see him trimming the fat yeah, off of yeah, jokes yeah. and, and, and did you have a re- favorite wording. Did you have a favorite Rodney joke or a moment? No, no but my favorite joke on that uh, story on that is Dick Cavett came in for the second time he ever performed in a club. Dick Ca- for a uh, host of the old uh, Dick, Dick Cavett, Cavett show. show yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, <laughs> got that one. Su- Woo! That together, Brad. Very yeah. sophisticated. <laughs> I pulled it. And Dick does a joke uh, that um, he was. Um, he, his friend, he went to his friend's wedding from Yale, and his friend was so rich that instead of throwing rice, they threw Uncle Ben. Then <laughs> <laughs> the second joke was, and that's become a classic. Yeah. Uh, the second joke was, and they had the caviar flown all the way in from Beluga. <laughs> I didn't get it. I didn't. I had to look it up. Sure. Yeah. And they didn't have the fucking web in that. You know, <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. The, yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. That. And you have to bring up the world you, book encyclopedia. For those of you who laughed nervously, Beluga is the whale. No, I right. do that. Yeah, that's why I do that. Yeah. Yeah. I do that. Yeah. Yeah. I. So anyway, I, 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 I didn't the know Raffy that. Song. <laughs> I didn't, Beluga. I didn't know that. Right. At the time. <laughs> and he comes back and he doesn't do that joke. He doesn't mm-hmm. Uncle Ben. And I said, Hey, Dick, why didn't you do that joke? You know. Mm-hmm. About the beluga, he says, "Well, nobody got it." I said, "Geez, I loved it." <laughs> <laughs> Typical club pretentious yeah. prick. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. great. But and yeah. and then, but it, isn't that always so fascinating? No matter how many times I see comics in this business, I I love seeing the process. I love seeing yeah. guys try jokes out. Okay, that didn't work. But then they, and then they, then they go back and they try it a new time. That's why if, if you're in an audience and you wonder why the comic got mad at you when you were taping his or her set, you know, with your phone, oh, just like oh. putting it out, like that's why we're getting mad because this isn't exactly. Which will not happen at the improv. No, it, it, it does not. And thank you that. for that. Boy, I was sitting there one night with Alex and we're right in the middle of it and I see a guy stage right all the way in the corner with his phone out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could hardly see it and the doorman just Right over there. Right. Well, he, was just, he was just getting audio. wasn't even getting video, huh? I think so, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why, because these jokes aren't ready yet. We're not yeah. done. We're not, like, we're, we're taking time. And the reason why we go up on stage and tell them is because we're trying to figure out how to make the best possible joke. So wait until we put them out on an album or a TV appearance. That's when they're ready. Sure. That's when they're good. Well, it's also, it's so annoying. You know, sure. I, I go to Hollywood Bowl, and 
people are there with their phones videoing mm-hmm. the performance. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's rude because you're looking at the guy's video camera. I mean, the the phone yeah. in front of you rather yeah. than seeing the performance. Yeah, sure. Totally. And so and they allow it. Yeah. And I won't go back there. Louis got that great new bit about in his special about how he's like these parents. He's like he went to this kid's recital and all these parents are holding up the oh. phone. He's like they're right in front of you. Yeah, like I what know. are you watching the phone? <laughs> yeah, You're yeah. never gonna look exactly. at that video. You know, I'm so proud of my son. Mm-hmm. He's that my grandson is playing in Cooperstown this week. What? Uh, they're doing some. It's not a. I don't know how we got there. But he's playing for... <laughs> Practice. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, he's 12 years old, but he's playing for... The team is called SWAT. And he's from... Uh, okay. Out in West Hills. Okay. And it stands for S- Simon Wiesenthal Athletic Team. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my great? God. Yeah, because, because when you hear the name Wiesenthal, you think <laughs> athletics. You know, and you think SWAT. Tough, yeah, you know. yeah. But I, I, my son is a geek. You know, he can do anything with a computer and the cameras and That's everything. Right. And uh, his wife sends us an email. So you click on here, and you'll be able to get televising on the, you know, on the Internet. Sure. Uh, broadcasting two of the games, four of the games, you can see them yeah, on your computer. Great. So, and I was going to call, I called, he called me this morning to remind me, and I turned it on, and boom, I got it on. The old shoe got it on, it was yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, are you videoing the games? And he said, no, I'm not. And I didn't have to ask, and I know why. Because he's there, and he wants to see it. Right. He doesn't want to... Spend be, time yeah, be preoccupied with trying exactly. to capture. F- exactly. And, and yeah. especially with a performance art that is stand-up comedy, it is so in the moment. And you oh, do, and you too, do yeah. have to be there. And who gives a fuck about showing the video to your friends later? They're, they're, it's not the same. Be there. Enjoy the show. Yeah. If, if your friends want to see it, the friends can go to a live show. And there's there's nothing like stand up comedy live, and it, it it feels weird having to say that, but in this day and age, you you, you kind of do. And this brings me to an, another question I want to ask you, Bud, and that's: uh, is, is there any is, is there anything you've seen change with stand up in terms in terms of trends, in terms of uh, like how has the art form changed? Have as, people gotten taller, or have the, uh, <laughs> well, jokes? you know, uh, that's strange you should say that sure. because uh, I'm. Uh, going to be involved with the Cabo. I'm getting an honor, I should say, the new Cabo Film Festival. Oh, yeah. Cabo. Oh, yeah, the uh, Cabo Comedy Festival. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, they're giving me the gi- the Giant of Comedy Award. Whoa. <laughs> and they're also, the other award, the main award, is mm-hmm. the Jack Rollins Newcomer, something like that. Wow. Jack mm-hmm. Rollins, do you know who he is? I don't. Jack Rollins is a legendary manager. Who managed? And his name is, he's 98 and his name is still on Woody Allen's movie as executive producer. Really? Rollins and Joffe were the guys. And Jack discovered Harry Belafonte, Nichols and May, Woody Allen, Dick <sighs> Cabot, Robert Klein. I'll go on and on Jesus. and on. Jesus. Wow. And um, so this guy is an old friend. The guy who's promoting is a friend, old friend. So yeah. he's doing this. And I thought of a story back in New York. Jack used to come in the club, and Jack is the mildest, nicest man you'd ever mm-hmm. want to meet. Powerful, but, you know, yeah. so nice. Sure. And um, the world's tallest man from Bonham and Bailey Circus was there. Oh, Great. Robert Wadnaldo No, Eddie Carmel. Oh, Eddie Carmel. Okay. Eight feet, one inches tall. Jeez. And the doorways at the improv were like this in the kitchen. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. maybe yeah, just two inches bigger. Six, yeah. seven, No, I mean, like not that. high. Oh, really? Okay. Not high. 
I could fill the doorway. Right. <laughs> and Jack's about to leave just as Eddie is about to go on. And Eddie blocks the doorway. I mean, blocks the doorway. He says, Mr. Rollins, don't tell me you're leaving now. I'm going on soon. And Jack looks up and says, well, I guess I can stay a little <laughs> You eight-foot giant. Yeah, exactly. But that's, it's so funny. So I'm getting the giant award yeah. at the same time as Jack Rollins. That's incredible. Jack won't be there. Mm -hmm. I say he's yeah, eight. yeah. But I got to tell that story. Oh, you right? have to. That's a great the, story. That's yeah, a great yeah. story. Uh, yeah. And and <laughs> giant of comedy, I'll take awards I'll never get for a thousand, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> now what or, about what about? Uh, now you were telling me another great story about uh, and Chappelle being one of my favorites because I saw him in Montreal. I told you that the night yeah. before we were leaving and do a whole new hour. And he's been popping in and out of town for the last yeah. couple of years, you know, piecing together an act. And and it was just I felt like I was watching, you know, just one of the best of all time. And I can't even imagine what it was like seeing him when he first started. But you told me a great story uh, how he got uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights with Mel Brooks. Well, he came into the club from New York, and um, he um, was there two weeks, I think, and I got a call from Mel Brooks, dropping names. <laughs> yeah, pick and that up. he says, Bud, I just lost Eddie Griffin. I had him. Boy, he didn't know how lucky he was. I had him. <laughs> I had him. I had him. In oh, I didn't have a new pair of white Air Force be, Ones the every film day would of be filming. Still taping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. So Eddie, so Eddie got a deal with HBO, so he couldn't do the the movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He says, "I need somebody, you know, that ilk." And By that he means black. <laughs> well, no, more than just black. Yeah. You know, no, black. Fine. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. And I said. Mel, I got just, I mean, Mr. Brooks, I got just the guy yeah. for you. Mm -hmm. He just arrived two weeks ago. Wow. Wow. Now, was that because you, you actually you thought he was perfect? Or it was oh, like, he was perfect yeah. for it. Mm -hmm. You know, Eddie, I can see Eddie, and sure. I see, this, I see Dave, Dave yeah. and, you know, it was just what he wanted. It was, he so was good. good. Yeah, Terrible was good. movie, but. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, so there's. Well, I'm still waiting for my call, Mr. Brooks. Yeah, right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you don't need a Bud Friedman type? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I when 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 I told a couple comics I'm I'm just coming back from the uh from the Kansas City improv and uh a couple comics said you have to ask Bud uh why a monocle. Oh, why a monocle? <laughs> That's a good question. I But um, give a little tilt on the mic just up a little bit. Okay. Just, I I um or down to your there you go. You started the club when I was 30 mm -hmm. and my eyesight was perfect. Mm -hmm. And as the years progressed, I found myself okaying waitress check. Bud, would you okay this check? You know, and I didn't know what was. I couldn't see it. Right. Mm -hmm. But I was like the sheriff in the, the old western town. I didn't want to tell anyone I was going blind. <laughs> sure. Right. And I didn't want to wear glasses because I usually dress like this in a t-shirt sure. or mm -hmm. a shirt with no place to put my glasses. So I came up with the idea of a monocle, which would be very effective and very effect affected. Yeah, yeah, and it worked, you know. So I've had it for. And yeah. let me say this: when when you're talking to a, a man who has a monocle, you feel a need to be a little more, to use that word, sophisticated around him. <laughs> you know, you, you don't you don't yeah. you don't exactly walk up to a guy with a monocle and go, "What's up, motherfucker?" Like no, you know, sure, you, yeah. you, don't, you don't do that. It's, it's like, an accessory that exudes confidence <laughs> and uh, <laughs> some sort of, you know. I I like that pretty much all the club owners and founders. In Los Angeles, whether it be Jamie Masada, Mitzi Shore, yourself, uh, you, you were all. We'd like to do a face-off. I'd love to fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <com> <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Can't wait. Bring them on. <laughs> the celebrity death match that they would have. Oh, that'd be the, the best. Uh, uh, this oh. Friday, Bud Freeman, <laughs> Mitzi Shore, in a showdown of the ages. Inside a 15-foot high steel cage. <laughs> my, my money's on you, Bud. Yeah. I uh, hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I may be older. No, I'm not older than she is. <laughs> but what I was saying is you're all, you're all such um, individual personalities, and I'm... Uh, any, any comic that's met any of you for more than uh, an, an hour or two, pretty much everyone has a Jamie Masada impression, a Mitzi Shore impression, a Bud Freeman impression, because you guys are such such dynamic per, uh, personalities. And it just shows that you have to be, in order to deal with comedians, in order to run a comedy club, you have to have that personality. Well, Mike Lacey, who's the nicest guy in the world, mm-hmm. has no personality. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there goes the theory. There. Yeah. I don't know. What... Uh, you worked and saw Robin Williams, yeah? He came in a lot, didn't he? Oh, yes. Robin uh, Robin came uh, out to L.A. and uh, When he got Mork and Mindy, right? No. No, before that, okay. 78. He was unknown, completely unknown. Mm-hmm. And uh, I put him on, and he was brilliant. But nobody got, why are you putting him on? He hasn't, people would say to me, he's got no act. I said, he's got something. You know? <laughs> That's something, yeah. And, now, what, uh, what had you seen prior that made you go on putting him up when people said, don't do it? I saw what, how, what he could do. Right. You know, they couldn't see that. I don't know. But he said to me, um, I'm thinking of going back to New York. I still own the New York Club. That was before I was struck by that dread California disease <coughs> community <laughs> property and <laughs> lost the New York Club to my ex-wife. But um, I still owned it. And mm-hmm. all the comics were moving out here, as I said earlier, because yeah. of costs and moving out here and all that. So uh, Robin says, I'm thinking of moving back to New York to finish my education at Juilliard, get my degree. I said, mm-hmm. very good idea, Robin. I figured I'll have a great act in New York for at least a oh, year. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, so Great idea. Good. Transferring yes, you your Definitely talent. Yeah. yeah. He didn't listen to me. And look what happened to him. <laughs> <laughs> Poor kid. Poor kid. Whatever happened He'll to him. He'll catch it. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I'll say... Uh, he played th- a woman in some movie. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. Doubtfire yeah. or something. Oh, must be going terrible. See? Yeah, see, see, what I mean? see what he had to do? See, yeah. that, that, that's why I'm not going in the dress. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't want to end up like that poor sap, Rob, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, Robin right. Williams. Yeah, that's what yeah, happens. Right. One of the greatest, uh, one of the most, the most insane moments of of my career personally was I got off, I got off stage one time in San Francisco, and Robin was in the audience in Mill Valley, where where he, where he lives. I never met Robin before. Obviously, an icon of comedy. And he's backstage, and he just walks up to me and goes, "Oh my God, Mr. Williams, you're like Prozac with a head." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I can die now. Oh, look at you! <laughs> <laughs> with <laughs> and then he swallowed you. Yeah, <laughs> he does love his bills. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's very, very clean now. But uh, it, it's just—I mean—and like my surreal moment there was uh, later, later that night. It was Robin Williams talking with Dana Carvey, talking with Mort Saul in a green room. Oh. And I'm there with my opener, uh, Jeff Keith, and we all we both want to say stuff, but we're like, don't talk. Yeah, just listen. Just let this happen. And I can't imagine how many moments you've witnessed like that, where you have a prior talking to Rodney, talking to Robin, talking well, to I whoever. One of my greatest accomplishments, uh, our first uh, franchise was San Diego in 1985. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy who franchises, a guy named Mark Anderson, who was a comedian, mm. Uh, and uh, who, whose family was in the oil business, and uh, through his father, Mark Anderson's father, he knew Jonathan Winters, and I knew Robin. Right. And I went to Robin, and I said, this is what I've never said before or since, 
listen, hey, Robin, uh, Jonathan Winters is coming to our open in San Diego, and he'd love to have you there. And Mark Anderson went to Jonathan and said, hey, Jonathan, Robin Williams is coming to the opening, and he'd love to wow, have you there. Whoa. And we got him on stage for the first time together doing stand-up. Wow. When and was this? 19, 1985. I think I've seen that picture. I think I think, yeah, I think there's the a picture of that. Yes, right, doing right, that. Yeah. And uh, if, if for any idiotic reason you're not familiar with Jonathan Winters, uh, Jonathan Winters is the like the founder. You shouldn't be listening yeah. to this program. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> Thank you. What, like, what do they do on stage together? They just improvise. Well, they're the two hour. masters of yeah, improv. Of I mean, uh, one of my favorite comedy clips of all time is I think uh, on I think it's. I, it, it, it might be the Steve Allen show. I'm not sure. It, it, it's an old late night show. And the host just hands Jonathan Winters a stick. And he says, watch what he can do with the stick. Oh. And Jonathan goes for yeah. 10 minutes just like doing different improvs with the stick. And he wasn't told anything. He, wasn't, he didn't prep. He wasn't said he was going to get a stick. He just, start, he just starts going. And it's genius shit. And uh, Robin always looked up to Jonathan and thought that he was the master, which he was. And so the fact that you got them both oh, on stage at San Diego amazing. Improv – and was that moment ever duplicated? Were they, did they ever perform I, with each other again? Oh, I think they have. Oh, they yeah, have? they did. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but, but see, and then our, our equivalent is seeing David Tell bring Brad up on stage and ask him questions about being a dwarf. Like that's, <laughs> that's not what we have. Yeah, which is also just as good. Uh, no, pff, are you kidding me? Yeah. No way. But uh, it, you know, it's up he there. He says no way. He has a nerve to. Yeah, <laughs> say that's not a, a true story. Yeah, yeah. Of like course we didn't think. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, yeah. incomparable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's how Funny. big my ego is, bud. Yeah. Boy, oh yeah, boy, that's right. how big yeah. I feel. You know what? These guys might think I'm as good as Robin Williams and Jonathan Winters. <laughs> yeah. Let me let yeah, me take no, them down yeah, a notch. Yeah, that's let nice. Let me take them down a notch. <laughs> And, we, and those people who thought that should not be listening to this program <laughs> either. Now, what about Eddie Murphy? Did he ever pop into the... Uh... Eddie Murphy was uh, a bod at the New York Improv for cursing by my ex-wife after she was running No kidding. Club, really? Uh, which well, I'll just say it's no longer there. Yeah, but, that's, that's um, why. That's, that's, I'm pretty uh, sure that's why you broke up with her. Uh, <laughs> but um, Eddie popped in a few times. I'm not, I'm not really a fan of Eddie. As yeah. a comedic actor, I think he's... Brilliant. Unparalleled. Yep. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. But as a stand-up, you know, he would say fuck like uh, we were doing the Army for no reason. And he had the nerve to say once that uh, Richard Pryor gave him the right to say these words on stage because Richard Pryor did. Mm-hmm. And Richard Pryor always had a reason, always mm-hmm. had a reason for using the word, not using it as an adjective or a noun or, or whatever, sure. adverb. And uh, that's the big difference between Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy. Sure. What, do you think that – now, yeah, obviously, everyone wants Eddie to come back. And just, do you think there's – you know, and there's, uh, you know, 20, 20 years, I think, of just stuff that, you know, material mm-hmm. he could talk about. But, I mean, what, do you think there's something that's keeping him other than just maybe the fear of getting back up? Do you think, if, do you think it's true that if you take enough time, a, a break away from stand-up, that you can get rusty and really – Oh, well, I'm sure you get rusty. But, it, you know, mm-hmm. somebody like Eddie um, – you know, would have no problem getting back in. Yeah. No, he's smooth. He's a professional. Yeah. No problem with that. Uh, you you mentioned the name Elaine Boozler yes. uh, er, 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 earlier, and you're you had a bunch of different female comedians, obviously throughout your years at the Improv, and uh, Elaine's one of the founders of not not founders of female comedy, but Elaine just, was yeah. the first comedian mm-hmm. to do non self deprecating humor. If that makes sense yeah in sure in other words she i always depict elaine as um unisex comic mm-hmm. i mean she's feminine sure she's lovely 
but her humor could be said by a man or a woman. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's not, oh, I'm so fat or I'm so short. I think right. Ellen's the same way, don't you agree? Ellen? DeGeneres, maybe? Her uh, observational yeah, stuff? Yeah, absolutely, I mean. yeah, absolutely. But, again, Elaine was the first. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there was Joan Rivers and it was uh, uh, Tody Fields, and they all did fat jokes, ugly jokes, sure. husband jokes, and right. quite a, a difference. And, yeah, and, and that's those are the female comics that I, that I love the most personally are the ones that, uh, like like you said, you can give their material to a man, and it, yeah. it wouldn't change. It doesn't matter. It's just they're funny as funny, and uh, it it, it uh, translates well. So, I mean, now, did you have – because I know Mitzi had the belly room, which was supposed to be, like, like just for female comedians. Did you ever feel a need to do anything special for, for female comics, or, or did, did you say, fuck it, they're just like everybody else? Yeah, I, I, you know, everyone says, oh, they have it so tough. Well, in my mind, they have an advantage, yeah. particularly, you know, going back to Elaine's days, because you wanted a woman on the, on the stage if mm-hmm. she was good. Mm-hmm. You know, so I would rather, p- if, if I had a choice between a, a male and a female, mm-hmm. and they were equal, I would pick the female, because she's rarer. Uh, but um, I once, uh, do you remember Shirley Hemphill? Yes. She was a very, uh, she's obese, Serbic, black. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. An actress, she was on a series. Mm-hmm. And she and Johnny Witherspoon, and Johnny and I were great friends at the time, for some reason we're no longer friends, but anyway... They were coming across the street to the club from the um, Moustache Cafe. And Shirley was strictly a uh, comedy store performer. Okay. And Johnny, I guess, did both. And Shirley says, how many brothers you got working here? And I said, what? How many brothers you got working here? You heard me. I said, I have no fucking idea. (laughs) What do you mean? You haven't counted? I said, no, I haven't counted. Mm -hmm. And Johnny says, listen. Shirley, if he says he hasn't, he means it. You right. know, I trust Bud. And I said, yeah, it's not like I have a special room for brothers <laughs> or women. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's and that's one thing that I think if you look at the three clubs in L.A., Com- Comic Store, Laugh Factory, Improv, Improv to me is you guys kind of, the Improv sort of gives comics the freedom to do whatever it is they want to do, and they don't try to, categorize comics and like okay tonight is black night and well, tonight we do have is asian night. night well we you you, 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 you not... have you have a couple but yeah. uh it, like you 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 tend to shy away from the themes and you'll put um you'll you'll put an alternative comic followed by a piano guy followed by <clears throat> me followed by adam followed by like it, it just you just say hey funny's funny throw throw mm. everyone up there and let's see what you got can you follow him adam uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's a t- there was a time when I couldn't. Well, it depends. If he if he does the dance, nobody can follow. <laughs> nobody can follow that. Uh, that Bill Burr even said that at the uh, they were doing the uh, April Foolishness show at the Gibson Amphitheater. Yeah. Uh, Who said that? Bill Burr had to follow oh, oh. Uh, Brad, and he was working out a bit about how uh, it's just I saw him work out the bit. That's why Bill was so great at the comedy store the night before about how Hitler didn't get enough credit. <laughs> and everybody, and it was it was all about how like I Stalin. I love the premise already. It was that Hitler had more kills, but Stalin was like, uh, or no, Stalin didn't get enough credit. Hitler had the it factor. Oh, wow. He had the mustache and yelling. And he goes, Stalin killed way more people than Hitler. He goes, it was like comparing, you know, uh, Thriller to Hootie and the Blowfish, like <laughs> you know. And he's working this out, and he just followed Brad. And people were six thousand people were kind of off and on board. And then he just pauses and goes. You know what? You guys just fucking went nuts watching a, a midget fucking breakdance. You can't get behind my Hitler bit for two minutes. 
He goes, let me work this out. You know, what was the show? I think? Uh, April Foolishness. Uh, there's a radio station out here, uh, K Rock, and oh. they, and they, they do a comedy show every year. Oh. It, it's it's at the Gibson. And, uh, yeah, last year it was Ari Shafir, myself, Doug Benson, Bill Burr, uh, and Jay Moore. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, mm. and they, they do it every year. It's a, it, it's a fun night. And that's when B- Bill, Bill actually came off stage and walked up to me. And I haven't talked to Bill in maybe at that point like a year and a half. Yeah. And, he's, and he's my favorite comic. So yeah. I'm like, all right, I got to talk to Bill. And he walks up and he goes, why the fuck didn't you close the show? You should fucking <laughs> yeah, close the yeah, show. And he walks up like, ah, what, what yeah, did I nice do? To see you too. Yeah, man. I pissed him off. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Ah. <laughs> but uh, just, but it's, it's just one of those nights. And it's funny to me because uh, Kevin and Bean, who are the DJs that put on the show, they, all, they always advertise that as like, you'll, you'll, you'll never see a night of comedy like this ever. And L.A. comics, we're sitting there going, well, or you can go to the improv. Yeah. Pretty much every night, and mm-hmm. who knows who's popping in? And that who is knows gr- who's showing oh, totally. up? Totally, and that's a great. I mean, you know, there's nights. I mean, I, I know that I followed Chris Rock at the Improv, or now, you know, now in Dane and Louis, Louis. I mean, it's yeah. just yeah. It's uh, what, what was like the uh, equivalent? Uh, and we'll wrap this up in a few minutes. What what um, like for guys like us, like to follow like Chris or Louis on a night, like were well, there like uh, Jimmy Fallon, follow an unknown Jimmy yeah. Fallon following Jerry Seinfeld. Right. You know, there you go. And that's so. Isn't that that to me is like really one of the great things that there's. You know, to have a club like that and those types of opportunities that obviously people coming in want to see all heavy hitters, but I mean, there's something really great about seeing people they don't know and, and dis- feel like they're discovered. Yeah, right? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But so, would, it, was there ever a night when you saw uh, like somebody like a, a found following something that just couldn't follow it or was. Um, oh, I'm sure many times time, yeah. I've tried to block those memories out. <laughs> but, uh, or like, yeah. who, who are the guys that were just so unbelievably, undeniably that would slaughter that it was like, doesn't matter who's going up next. It's oh, the guys we talked about. Yeah, you know, Rodney was the most one of the most devastating because really? you know, he was so brilliant. Yeah, he did a lot of crowd work too. Yeah, 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 yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it, it's but just, not too much. No, it, it's just uh, it, you create in that club. I mean, I'd like to see Rodney. By the way, follow Brad's lap dance. He like could. That would be absolutely. If there was anything we could get him back for. Fuck yeah! <laughs> I I just love the fact that at the improv. I'll go to the improv just to hang out, even if I don't have a set. And that's sort of an environment you create <clears> there. And rather it be at the original New York club or at the Hollywood club now, it's a place where comics just go. If you're not doing anything that night, you go to the improv. If you go up, eh, great. If not, you know you're always going to see friends. You're going to be surrounded by talented individuals. And, uh, and you have a bar and dining room to hang out in. Sure. That helps. Well, not, yeah, we do. Now. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah it, it certainly does help. And if, if you were to have your comedy Mount Rushmore, absolutely Bud Freeman's head goes on it, sir. So congratulations well, thank you. to thank you. You, you, nice. you, you. You every <laughs> Nicely put, Brad. Yeah. Well, well, it was a great comment. You could open with that. <laughs> <laughs> you could open that instead of like uh, if you don't know if who you don't, this if guy is. If you don't is, know right? who yeah, this yeah. asshole Jesus. is over here. I went from an unknown <laughs> to Mount Rushmore. Wow. <laughs> In only 45 good, minutes. I must yeah. have had a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> very good. A, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, right. it, it is, and every comic truly owes you a de- a debt of gratitude for for what you've done for comics and what you've done for comedy as a whole. Absolutely, so, absolutely, it's a huge Thank honor you to, for Thank having you, you on it too, bud. My pleasure. Yeah. And, uh, what? So, what's the um, epic special? I, I want epic you to plug it one more time. December sixth. Mm-hmm. 
and it'll be repeated about 400 times, and then we're going on to Showtime. I mean, uh, Comedy Central. Great. Okay. And that'll be shown 40 times, actually. <laughs> um, and it's a you know, great and it's, show. And it's, I mean, for a uh, synopsis of it, it's, it's going to be, I mean, just not only the history of the club and... and, and the history getting, of stand-up, modern stand-up comedy, really. And inside yeah. from all from people yeah. who came up. Right. In, yeah. yeah. I, as a comic, I can't wait for that. And if Me you're too. a comedy fan, it's gonna. It, I, I can only imagine how how good this is gonna be. Uh, but it has truly been an honor to have you here, sir. Thank you, Brad. And, thank uh, you, Adam. Thank you, Brad. Uh, and now, in typical Brad Williams uh, closing the set fashion, Brad will now uh, give Bud a lap dance uh, on the <laughs> podcast, and you just get the audio of it, which is just as good. And if you can't see, Bud close his eyes. Looked like uh, we just told him Christmas was over. Oh. Uh, I have never seen a more sad look. Two boys, two boys, sad Christmas over. That's a very poor analogy. Yeah, yeah. I guess. All right. Well, Rosh Hashanah has been postponed. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hanukkah has been shortened. Oh, there you go. Uh, well, by the way, the, the improv never raises its prices on New Year's Eve on Rosh Hashanah. Really? Yes. Wow. That's a joke. You see, Rosh Hashanah, New Year's Eve, <laughs> oh, raising shit. the prices. Terry, I'm taking it taken seriously. I uh, we are well, Brad, you got me. Right? Are we all through here? Well, no, I lost see, all I... respect. <laughs> All respect for you guys. And I'm having David move out. <laughs> David, your roommate? Man. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. well, see, Brad shouldn't have, you know, you, you were right to just be staring blankly because, you know, yeah. you're not Jewish. <laughs> but I didn't for me, know. For me to not pick up on the Rosh Hashanah bits, it happens. Well, I man. qualified Rosh Hashanah New Year's you Eve. I, you know, yeah. I tried to explain to the guy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as we say in French, the Gunnish help. And so, yeah. It's yeah. not going to help. Do you know what that means, Brad? I have no idea. It's yeah. not going to help. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. On behalf of uh, Adam Ray, Bud Friedman, I'm Brad Williams. Thanks, this has bud. been the About Last Night Show. Please try to remember our names in the morning. <laughs> That's Thank how we close it. Thanks. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny. And I love you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.